1: Welcome to the RotoWire DFS podcast. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined as always by Benny Ritardi as we break down the Wednesday NBA slate. You can always find Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and over at RotoCurve, RotoWire, and as a featured writer on the DraftKings playbook. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Josh HayesFS. A reminder that the RotoWire DFS podcast is now available on iTunes and Stitcher. So if you had a chance to rate and review us, please go ahead and do so. And don't forget to share and subscribe. Benicio, are you ready for some Wednesday NBA, my man? I'm always
2: ready for some NBA. I could talk NBA all day.
1: Let's do this, all right? We're going to get the the rock rolling here. Right off the top, just jump into the action with two feet here at the point guard position. So let's go ahead and dig it, Benny. What do you got for me for cash and GPPs for the Wednesday slate?
2: Yeah, well, Kevin Durant is back right now. Yes. So paying up 12 k plus for Russell Westbrook uh-huh. no longer really feels all that good for me, to be honest with you. So I'm probably going to be going away from that. The guy who stands out to me right off the bat is Isaiah Thomas from Boston. Uh, they are going up against the Philadelphia 76ers who have just been basically giving up points to everybody, but point guards especially that have been going up against them. Uh, Boston being a high-paced team, Isaiah Thomas having a you know usage rate that's approaching 30 right now, which is very, very high, one of the highest that you know any position so far this year in the league. I think he's going to be in for a really big upside game against that Philly team who, like we said, has basically been struggling to stop everybody at the guard spot. So he's probably my number one guy that I'm looking to pay up for.
1: All right. I like the call uh, there overall. I was actually surprised that Philly is um, right hovering around. I think they're like ninth most in, in fantasy points, allowed to oppose in point guards. So, um, you know, which is still not good, but it's not like, you know, uh uh like an all-in all situation where you go 100% exposure but uh having said that Isaiah Thomas does have one of the best projections on the board uh for the Wednesday slate. So I'm I'm pretty interested there as well. Um any other like cash game or so are you going cash and GPP for Isaiah Thomas or uh how are you approaching it exactly?
2: Yeah, I think he's the guy who's going to be viable in both. Uh, it's going to depend on price because his price just keeps creeping up and creeping up and creeping up. Mm-hmm. If he's over in like that mid $7,000 range on DraftKings, I think I'm comfortable with it. Okay. If it gets up close to like that $8,000 range, then I don't think I'd still be comfortable in cash. It's probably going to be more of a, a, a GPP-only kind of thing <laughs> at that point for me.
1: All right. Fair enough. I think that makes a good amount of sense. Now, uh, the last question for you here is... Um, Like what price does Russell Westbrook have to slide back down to before we say, all right, okay, this is you know we can put we can mention him as potential value play among uh, the rest of the options.
2: Well, here's my biggest problem with him is right now he's listed about two thousand dollars more expensive than other stud options that you can get. Like you would be paying like twelve three, twelve four for him, whereas you can go down and get like the James Harden and Steph Curry and the Marcus Cousins of the world at like ten thousand three hundred. So if I could get Westbrook back in that ten to eleven thousand dollar range, mm-hmm. I think that's when I'd be, you know, basically putting him back into, you know, my rotation of guys that I'm using. But I don't want to pay over twelve thousand for him when Durant's there too. And it's not that Westbrook's still not going to put up huge numbers. He will. He's just not going to put up the 60, 70 point kind of upside numbers on a consistent basis that you really need to pay off a salary of over 12 grand. So I would probably need his price to drop about 10% before I before I start putting him back into the guys that I'm considering on a, you know, daily basis as long as KD's still in there. If yeah. KD gets hurt, then obviously all bets are off and, you know, Westbrook at any price is available again.
1: Right, and the way I'm looking at it here is, you know, um, we, were, we were saw him, like, you know, prices of about 10 5ish, you know, for a you know, top projected point guard that wasn't um, you know, Russell Westbrook going off for, you know, 50 60 fantasy points per game without Kevin Durant. And so he needs to sort of slide back into that, you know, 10 5 range which puts him like a lot closer to Steph Curry on the slate before yep. I start um, you know, being interested in terms of, you know, potentially using him uh, back at the point guard position now the next question i have here is there's been a lot of like you know questions about brandon knight um who has been you know producing at a, at a high clip off and on and, and then just throwing up some like some disappointing lines here he's never like totally burned you and he's uh, but you know um, he he matched up against New Orleans. That was supposed to be a juicy matchup. Uh, you know, with him f- facing well. He, the, here's the other thing too. It's like when people are looking at DBP, they have to actually need to start looking at shooting guard. When they're talking about Eric or I'm sorry um, Brandon Knight because he's really going to be matched up against Eric Gordon and Bledsoe is is actually the, the, the play that makes more sense and No one yeah. is still bottom ten against opposing shooting guards so that play can make some sense but with the unevenness you've seen sort of the scoring with Brandon Knight I, I think we just have to consider him a good matchup but has to play for GPPs more than cash would you agree there
2: Yeah I mean here's something that I want to throw out there for people too. Last week he had a 78-point game on DraftKings and a 68-point game on DraftKings, Mm -hmm. which has really, like, kind of gotten everybody excited about him. But if you look at all the other games in his game log, 30, 40 points, which, again, I mean, I'm not knocking a guy who's getting 30 or 40 fantasy points, so don't take it the wrong way, but his price now is up above $8,000. And if you're going to pay $8,000 for a guy – I need a floor of about 40 fantasy points in order to feel comfortable there. Right. And the two games that he went nuts last week, look who his opponents were in those two games. It was a 120-101 win over the Los Angeles Lakers, who we are basically targeting anybody with a pulse playing the point guard position against. Mm-hmm. And the other game was a 114-107 game against Denver, who's another team that's been kind of giving it up to the guard spot all, all season so far. So just kind of temper the expectations a little bit with him, you know, and the other thing too with this situation is, you know, Bledsoe was actually out last night for that San Antonio game, and, you know, I was expecting Knight to have a pretty solid showing, even though they were going up against a tough defense in San Antonio, you know, the one place you can usually get after San Antonio is the point guard defense, you know, going up against guys like Tony Parker, and he didn't have a very good game last night either, so I don't know, I mean... I gotta be honest, and, I, and I've said this before. It's like I've been wrong on this guy a lot. Like I played him in that Denver game, the first Denver game, where he had like twelve points and played twenty minutes and played horribly. I was off him in the Laker game because of it, and then he went nuts. And then I played him against Chicago, and he did alright, but was expensive, so he didn't really pay it off. And then I didn't play him against Denver when he went nuts. So I'm the wrong guy to listen to. So if I say I'm off Brandon Knight, you guys should probably all play him because he's going to go off for seventy again.
1: All right, well, um, I, I hear what you're saying, and I'm, and I'm definitely interested in GPPs because the matchup is juicy, but I'm going to provide you with a um, good alternative for a player who's um, reasonably priced, who is known to be streaky, and actually, despite the streak, has paid off um, 5.8x or higher on DraftKings in f- uh, his last four straight games, and I would like to submit Kemba Walker oh, yeah. for your um, you know DFS pleasure for the Wednesday slate here, 39-6 with five assists and three blocks. Uh, You know, apparently Kimball Walker just decides randomly that he's going to put up some double-digit block games. This is his third one on the season. So very strange, not necessarily known for his defense uh, overall, but does actually have a plus matchup um, for Wednesday, taking a look at him against Washington, which is just weird to me because I don't really know. Like we talked about how John Wall isn't supposed to be uh, necessarily uh, in this category uh, among, among uh, players you should target, and he hasn't. But right now, Kemba Walker has been so super consistent uh, that I think I'm just going to have to take a shot. Uh, you know, if he's going to say that, like at 7K or under uh, overall, and then you know, just taking a look at some of the top defenses that he's faced uh, faced uh, against seventh against San Antonio Spurs, he still goes for 27 and four for 5.7x, so that's cash safe. Uh, mm. up, uh, up against, uh, let's see here, Atlanta. He put he goes. Uh, for the, the price was sixty nine hundred, right where you would expect here. Seventeen point six rebounds, six assists, and two steals. Um, that's good for five point four x. So that's that's a pretty safe floor for somebody who doesn't have the best matchup overall. Some people have you know always said, hey, you know John Wall, Chris Paul, like we've talked about before on the slate. It's not the spot that you necessarily want to go to, but I think the price could be right for Kevin Walker, provided it's not elevated uh, to a, a much Higher level coming off the monster game against Sacramento, which was also by the way, overtime. Uh, yeah, and he did work in overtime too. So, um, I'm that's a guy that I'm going to definitely be taking a look at because I think it's, he's a little bit um, off the radar there. Mm-hmm. Any other guys that we should say is um, sort of make a case for before we move forward?
2: I mean, I don't know. To me, his price has already gotten to that point where I'm nervous about using him. But he keeps paying it off, so I keep being wrong. But how do you feel about your boy Rayshon Rondo going up against Milwaukee? I mean, this guy, what do you have yesterday? I know it went into overtime, but 20 assists, I think. I mean,. You know, he, he his numbers have just been silly lately, and and I feel like paying. He's above nine thousand dollars now on DraftKings, which to me is like insane. I can't pay nine thousand dollars for Rondo, but you know what? Every time I've said that, I've been wrong lately. So
1: sixty three fantasy points last night. Yeah, uh, yeah. Here's the thing, too. Actually, you know what? This might be the day. That you sort of like use Rondo as a contrarian play. Maybe if you don't want to use him in GPPs, uh, I mean, in cash games, I'm fine with that. But he's actually been like decently cash safe. Like we take a look at here. Let's go back to November six, which is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games worth. Okay, he's only under five x in two of those spots. Okay, so that's pretty. That's a pretty safe floor for cash, and that's. But you know what? Granted, in that spot, he the price ranged from fifty eight hundred all the way up to nine k. So he, yes. um, as the as the um, production and the price has risen, the production has risen along with it for him in order to, to pay that price tag. The other thing that you need to know is that the uh, Marcus Cousins injured his back, and when DeMarcus Cousins was out of the lineup, they actually leaned on him pretty heavily as well, and he actually put together a couple. Um, you know. Uh, twenty-point performances in, in that stretch, um, and Milwaukee. Uh, as, although they do have Michael Carter-Williams at the point, you're not necessarily, um, you you can't hold Rajon Rondo down by just matching him up with a good point guard because he distributes the ball so well that that's where he derives a lot of his value overall. And he's going to continue to do that with or with DeMarcus Cousins out of the lineup. It's, it's so it could be a negative a of the positive. I think he actually, you might see him play a few more minutes and score a little bit more um, because he's needed to have a bigger role. If DeMarcus Cousins sits out with a, a bulky back. So it's yeah. something else to pay attention to as far as, you know, whether or not he gets into the lineup, but either way, I think it's actually because the price of where he is and the level of productions, people are Sort of getting like, oh, I don't know, I could pay this price anymore. And that could make him a pretty good GPP play for for Wednesday.
2: Yep. No, I, I mean, I completely agree. That's the biggest problem I have with him is whenever I'm like, all right, I'm going to fade him here today, mm-hmm. I start looking at all the things that are in his favor, like no cousins, increased usage. You know, mm-hmm. he'll probably play a couple extra minutes. When he's been playing a couple extra minutes, he's been putting up even bigger scores. It's like every time I want to say, no, nah, I can't use him, I'm like, it, you know, it's like, it, it's like that old, uh, godfather saying you know i I want you know every time i try to get out they just pull me back in again like that's what rondo's doing to me right now so you know i feel like i still got to have at least some shares i don't know if i'd use them in cash but you know a guy that can put up 60 and has been doing it consistently for the last two weeks is somebody who needs to find his way onto at least a couple gpp rosters
1: absolutely totally agree with you there now last question we have for point guard is how far do you slide down uh among the value plays before we you have to draw the line and say that's the lowest i'll go
2: yeah, I kind of like Mike Conley um, at 6,300. He's been paying off his price tag a lot lately. He has uh, 30, 36 against Minnesota, 46 against OKC, 43 against Houston. Yep. You know, 32 against uh, San Antonio, which is a very tough team to go up against. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got another matchup against Houston, who, like we just said, he had 40 something against last week. So if his price still stays in that low six thousand dollar range, I think I like him. Uh, as of now, though, that's about as far down as I'm going to go. There is one other guy who I wanted to mention to you because he's playing a lot of minutes lately and he, he's actually been doing pretty well and paying off his price tag. And I wanted to get your thoughts on it. I almost never, ever play this guy, but how do you feel about Tony Parker last four games before you even answer? At 43 to, you know, he's up to almost 5K right now, but he's put up 26, 39, 26, 27, and 37 fantasy points in his last five games. And the reason why I'm on him is he's averaged over 30 minutes in those five games.
1: Wow. Well, you know what? You you can definitely make a case. So you've seen the the uptick in the production. And, you know, if uh, Marcus Aldridge continues to be ruled out, then I like him even more. Because then he's sort Mm -hmm. of taking on that increased uh, role. So... I can see that there. I'm probably going to draw the line a little bit lower than Tony Parker. How much did we say Tony Parker was? He was he was 40. 49. He
2: started at 43. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. 49 the other day. So I'm guessing he's probably going to be just right around that 5,000
1: range. If Aldridge stays out, then I'd definitely like to play. I think you're, you can save a few bucks and go all the way down to uh, to the Delianator against. Um, yep. uh Who's their matchup this week?
2: Uh, Toronto, uh, which yeah, is actually kind of tough. It is yeah, a tough it's got Lowry defense.
1: It is uh, a tough matchup, but he is not a guy that's going to you know, you need him to score a ton of points for him to rack up value, though. So, two of the last three games, nine assists or better, had 13 assists performance against Milwaukee, who has a similar, similarly tough point guard starting in Michael Carter Williams. Atlanta, he pays off over five x um, on the price tag against Jeff Teague. I don't know if actually Jeff Teague played in that game. I'm gonna guess he may not have. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it
2: was. I think he was up against uh, Schroeder, but actually Schroeder is a, a pretty good defensive point guard too.
1: Yeah, so it was actually against Schroeder. I'm looking at the game log now i Oh, um, no, Jeff Teague actually played. Jeff Teague played 25 minutes. So i uh, will track okay. that and say, well, there you go. Three, uh, or Two of the three good good matchups overall, and he pays off 7x5.2 and 7.2x there. So not going to be too concerned overall about Kyle Lowry in that spot if you want to go all the way down and, and you know uh, use him as a punt play or use him as a utility or maybe as your second guard option. So that's where I'm going to draw the line there. But I, I am definitely interested in Tony Parker if we uh, get the news that LaMarcus Aldridge continues to sit so good great call there because he wasn't exactly on my radar all right let's slide over to the shooting guard position here a couple big ballers up top and then some value plays available what do you got for me
2: yeah i mean you know i I mention him every time but you always got to mention james harden i don't really think this is a great matchup against them memphis is not a team that i usually try to target guys against but harden's been playing better recently Uh, Putting up some big numbers again and, you know, kind of, you know, since they let Kevin McHale go and shipped him out of town, you know, Harden has come back to that guy. They also, I don't know if you've noticed, but something they've also been doing a lot more is kind of keeping Ty Lawson as, you know, they, they basically decided that the Ty Lawson experiment hasn't really worked out for them. So the ball is getting back in James Harden's hands more often. He already has one of the highest usage rates in the league, and that's the reason why we like him. So I definitely think that he's still somebody to consider mostly for GPPs. I wouldn't play him in cash against Memphis, but he's always somebody with the upside that, you know, he's somebody I want to have some shares of on, uh, you know, some of my tournament rosters. All
1: right. Uh, For me, I'm – Eric Bledsoe is going to be my lock stock option there. Uh, We know that he's actually playing the point guard position. And uh, if you look at DVP uh, for opposing point guards, New Orleans Pelicans with their Drew Holiday-ish Smith rotation is um, number one in in fancy points allowed to opposing point guards on the season. Mm -hmm. So Eric Bledsoe is going to be my lock stock cash and uh, GPP option. And you do get a little bit of a cost savings versus – um Eric Bledsoe I'm sorry versus James Harden for sure so we're sitting at James Harden talking about like 10-2-ish for his last game 10-4 before that and then uh, Eric Bledsoe it's a you can almost say it's close to 2k for similar production now he hasn't uh, jumped into the 50 point range too much so Harden, Harden's a better bet but he he's hit uh 54 and 57 fantasy points uh since uh, Halloween so there's that level of upside um, but we all know Harden has the bigger ceiling and is, and is the better shooter, so it sort of just depends on how you want to anchor your team uh, overall. So a top, those to me, I'm drawing a line there for top two options, and everybody else just becomes like either contrarian GPP uh, in my mind, or you know, or value. Uh, how do you have the rest of the shooting guard position breaking down?
2: Yeah, I would, I would agree there. Um, you know, I don't like anybody in the mid range. There are a couple cheap guys that I that I would look at though. Uh, J.R. Smith has been playing huge minutes lately. He's a little bit below 5K. Uh, Been putting up between 25 and 35 fantasy points in his last five games. So he's somebody that I think you can look at that'll be in play. Don't really love the matchup against Toronto. But, again, you're not asking for a ton out of him. Uh, Avery Bradley is playing some big minutes now with Marcus Smart out. He is starting to get more expensive, too. He's at that same price range now, right around 5K. Mm Mm-hmm. Played, you know, over 30 minutes in a couple of the last few games. He's actually paid off in his last five games since coming back from injury. The first game he went five five uh, five and a half times his price tag. And then he went 6.1 times, 8.5 times, 6.2 times, and 8.4 times in his last four games. So he's somebody that's playing above his head right now. And I think that he's another guy that I'm going to look at. Uh, again, he has that matchup against Philly that we like to exploit basically everybody's in play when they're going up against Philly. So I think Avery Bradley would be somebody else. And then the third guy who's also in that price range, who is a distant third to me behind the other two. um, Rodney Hood is somebody who I have been rolling in a lot of lineups lately. He's around that same $5,000 range, you know, basically been putting up 25 to 30 fantasy points playing, uh, you know, just shy of 30 minutes a a game recently. So those are the three guys that I'm looking at on the on the value side. Um, probably would roll one of them on most of my rosters except for, you know, the one or two GPP rosters I decide to pay up for hard or not.
1: All right, that makes some sense for me as well. Um, how far down in Value Town can we sort of, you know, pay rent before we have to get evicted? That's a shooting I mean, our position.
2: I mean basically I like those three guys at the five thousand dollar level. Mm-hmm. So I probably wouldn't go much further down than there. I'm sure there are some guys below there or some guys that may open up, but I'm comfortable with those guys and those guys having good upsides and solid floors. So that's where I'm gonna be staying. Uh you know, I'm paying the five thousand dollar rent in value town this week.
1: All right, well, I will submit one more Sacramento King, and I'm tr- definitely trying not trying to be a homer. Just, these guys are just a value, okay? Marco Bellinelli has gotten 26 minutes in or more in basically every game since November 7th, and then on six, the he popped in for 23, then jumped back to 26 the game before that against Phoenix. So the minutes have been super consistent. It's almost like he's playing... Uh, the starting shooting guard position or getting minutes. He's finishing games for them, and he's paid off 6X on the price tag in two out of the last three. The one game in between against Orlando, it was 5.1X. So very, very safe. Not a huge floor. Uh, I'm sorry, not a huge ceiling for him because he's been basically sitting in the in the 20, 26, 27 point range when he's been meeting those six x price tags. So there's the the guy's not going to play forty minutes and he's not going to you know destroy you, destroy for you in a GPP. But if you really needed to go all the way down and you love the value plays, um, he's been sitting at 43, 43 to four k and with a rotating price range. Even when he has you know you know put up six x, the price has just been fluctuating by a couple hundred dollars. You might actually get it, him you know, all the way down to 4k once again, depending on the matchup against Milwaukee. So um, Bellinelli for, for GPPs to, to me or for, you know, a, a, an absolute punt play at one of the guard spots or, or shooting our position is, is as far as I'm willing to go. So um, that's where I'm going to draw the line. And, but I'm with you on all the 5k guys as well. You don't really have to pay too much more and you definitely have a higher ceiling uh, than you would on, on Bellinelli because of the minutes played. So uh, that's how I'm going to spread that out. Uh, before we move on to the small forward position here, just want to let the beloved pod listeners know that if you're not subscribing to Rotowire.com, what are you waiting for? Okay. Um, we don't even need a Black Friday sale. It's already free for the first ten days here. All you have to do is go to rotowire.com/pod. Take advantage of the free ten day trial. You get all the projections for college football, NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball. When that rolls around, NFL and even soccer. And we have, I believe, eight different sites on the slate here, including FanDuel, DraftKings, Fantasy Draft, uh, all the sites that you love to play on. You get a great um, uh, projection system. You, uh, get updated. Uh, um, cost per dollar, salary numbers, uh, injury information, all the latest news. So make sure you check that out. Rotowire.com/pod. Take advantage of your free trial. Want to know how we're coming up with the numbers and deriving our best fancy plays and the top projections? People in, and you know in the top 25, outside the top 25, value plays, uh, you know tier one, tier two, cash and GPP options to do is go to rotowire.com slash pod and then you can start enjoying the optimal lineups and the daily uh projections for uh, any sport that you want to play in terms of dfs so there you have that all right small forward position benny what do you got for me for cash and gpp
2: okay i have two guys who i'm gonna mention one guy is an expensive option who's been solid and and playing uh paying off and is somebody who i would probably only use in cash mm-hmm. and that's going to be Kawhi leonard Yep uh dallas has they're bad basically yeah i mean their their wing uh, here's the deal their their wing defense isn't all that good and on top of it all their wings are pretty much banged up we don't know if west matthews or uh parsons is going to be playing in this game they're both questionable they might be kept out one of the two games of this back-to-back that they have um basically tuesday and wednesday So we don't know how that's going to work out. But even if they're in, you know, Parsons is only playing like 15, 20 minutes. And as long as LaMarcus Aldridge is out, Leonard's been a guy that's kind of been picking up a little bit more of the offensive slack lately. He's the one guy on San Antonio whose minutes we never have to worry about. He's somebody who, you know, plays his 30, 35 minutes every night anyway. So I think he's probably my favorite option. I don't don't really feel like I want to pay up for LeBron or Durant. Um, or even mellow in their matchup. So if I'm paying up for anybody, I think it's going to be Leonard. But the guy who I'm going to be using all over the place, because I love his price and I love the production he's been giving me lately, is Robert Covington from the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. Okay. Covington is playing over 30 minutes the last two games, putting up over 30 fantasy points the last two games. Now, he's a guy that can score. He shoots the three. He'll get you some rebounds, you know. He was a solid option that people were using last year. And the reason why I really like him, his price is down to 4400 4500 So unless he has a big price jump over, you know, say like 50 dollars I still think that he's going to be way too cheap for what he can give you if he's going to be giving you, you know, 32, 33 minutes a game and 30, 35 fantasy
1: points. All right. Uh, so this is the way I'm looking at it. I, I think it's a... Strong play overall, and I it's it's sneaky because no one is, like, ever has been on anybody from Philly, uh, especially uh, given the fact that, you know, if you're not using Jalil you who actually has seen his price rise overall, you, you know, it's... People are just like, it's, you know, Jalil nobody else. No Noel has been injured, and, you know, he's super inconsistent. But 7.3 and 7.8X, the last two games, with 30-plus mentions back-to-back, it's super sneaky, and I love that as a value play. Uh, I would like to submit two options, uh, or actually three options, Okay. Um, what people need to know is that Jeff Green is, is playing the shooting guard position, but is actually listed as a small forward, and that's a, a super elite matchup against Houston, who is in, I think, fourth worst in terms of DVP allowed to opposing shooting guards overall, and he's been playing um, fairly a, a good amount of minutes and uh, fairly consistent, consistent in terms of production. I'm going to throw out the game against San Antonio like I do against everybody, then I'm going to enjoy... Eight and a half x, eight point eight, nine point six, and five point seven. When the price rose up to to, to uh, thirty nine hundred, and I think after that that sort of you know limited production that he had, just six point seven rebounds against San Antonio, you might get the discount reapplied back from forty five hundred. But forty five hundred is still super super reasonable. So um, I Jeff Green to me is right there in the mix with Robert Covington. I'll, I wouldn't mind sw- swapping either one of those two, and I think they're both cash safe. Uh, the and one. Th- the, the other two things I want to say here is if the Marcus Cousins gets ruled out, there's going to be a lot of Rudy Gay uh, opportunity there. I think he, he has a chance to uh, be Mr. Make it Rain for the small forward position there. And the Milwaukee Bucks are actually popping up sixth worst overall in terms of DVP to uh, opposing small forwards. So that's going to be super interesting to me. I think you're going to see Rajon Rondo just target him a ton, like he did in in the in the game against uh, the Charlotte Hornets. And the last thing I'll say too is you, you're going to have to pay attention to the lineup adjustment too here with Sacramento because they may opt to go a little bit small the way that the Milwaukee Bucks set up their lineup. They'd like to roll Jabari Parker at the four, who's actually more of a three, and go um you know big up top or small up top with uh, Greg Monroe at the pivot, who is actually he's actually. You know the size of a regular power forward, similar to Al Horford, so they can sort of get away with uh, Omri Casper back in the starting lineup, and then he becomes a value option as well. Not as good of a value option to me as Robert Covington and um, who did I just mention? Je- uh, Jeff Green.
2: Jeff Green. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, but somebody you could throw on the radar for as a GPP differentiation play. The, the, yeah. So the only thing is that he you need a discount applied to him probably from forty seven hundred from the last game in order for you to feel better about him as a play to me than Covington or Jeff Green. He'll be probably be third on my list.
2: Yeah, and I I just wanted to add on to your uh, Rudy Gay you know analysis as well. One thing that I noticed that Sacramento does sometimes, when they do go with that smaller lineup and they move Gay over to the four, mm-hmm. that's actually a situation where I try to get him into my lineups because when he's playing the four, he's going to get you those extra rebounds. So he's still going to get the same shots and he's probably even going to get more volume, but if he's also playing the four, he's going to grab a few extra rebounds. So you get that added to the, you know, the overall fantasy score as well. He actually becomes a double, double threat almost, you know, a guy who can put up like 25 or 30 points and 10 rebounds. And, you know, if we get, if we told you there was a, you know, a power forward that could do that, you would roster him in a second. So if you can get that from a small forward, Who's going to be adding some extra rebounds? You know, there's a good chance that he does have a high upside game.
1: Yes, absolutely. That's the way that I'm looking at it. And, um, you know, people are sort of going two ways about it. Like people are going to be, you know, thinking about LeBron up top uh, against, um, you know, Toronto. Thinking about Kevin Durant, Carmelo Anthony, Kawhi Leonard are all chalk options. Um, and then you have Rudy Gay, who's like, you know, priced below that, obviously, but still 7k ish, you know, so you're not it's not exactly a value town for the most part. So that's the way that I, I sort of need to approach it overall is like you can get into a good secondary option that that is, you know, going to have a beast opportunity if DeMarcus Cousins is in there. So that's why he becomes interesting. Anybody else that we need to talk to here at these uh, about the small forward position before we move forward?
2: No, there's actually quite a few guys, though, that we need to talk about at the power forward position. So let's just jump to the uh, the sexier spot of the forwards.
1: All right. Um, let's. Are we talking about power forward here?
2: Yeah, there's literally there's about 10 guys that I want to play in this power forward.
1: <laughs> OK, let's go ahead and kick it off then.
2: OK, I mean, Anthony Davis is obviously somebody who's always in play uh again a lot of people hate him you know they've been burned by him but there's only so many guys that have that 70 point upside that he has so he's somebody that i I think you can consider kevin love is more involved in the offense he had a huge game last night his price is still pretty reasonable uh the matchup with toronto is not exactly an easy one but you know the way they've been scoring i think that kevin love's another guy that you really can't you know knock and again If he's playing against Toronto, I mean, who is his matchup really with? Is it going to be like him and Scola, him and Patrick, you know, Patterson? I mean, neither one of those guys really scare me. So I think he's in a good spot to be the guy on Cleveland that handles, you know, a big part of the load in that game. Because I think he does have one of the best matchups. And then moving on down the list, you know, you got... uh, the guy who I love, who I recommended yesterday and, and made me look good, Markeith Morris is still a little bit too cheap. He came off an injury or a string of injuries that he have. He was 5,300 yesterday, put up like 40-something fantasy points, so he had a big day. He's back to playing above 30, 35 minutes. So he should be back to the 30, 40 fantasy points that he was putting up when he was playing those minutes earlier in the season. So that's kind of what you can expect out of him. So if his price stays in that low five range, he's uh, somebody else that you know I think you got to consider. Thad Young has been playing absolutely phenomenal lately. He's been putting up a string of forty fantasy point games. Mm-hmm. Uh, he basically had about three of them in a row, and then even in the last two games, he, he you know that he didn't play as many minutes, basically because. You know, the Nets actually got blown out by Boston in one, and then in the other one, you know, he just didn't play all that well. Um, he's still put up around like 30, so you're getting a guy at about 6,000 with a floor of 30 and a ceiling of 40. The problem with him is his price has come up lately, so he's up to almost 7,000 now, which is getting a little bit pricey for me. If I was going to spend 7,000 on somebody to talk about another guy I really like here, you know, I will admit that I was wrong on Kristaps Porzingis. I thought that he was just going to be like a rotation kind of player. Mm-hmm. This kid's legit, and I know that you have some some feelings about him too. So do you want to tell the people a little bit about, uh, you know, the phenomenon that is Kristaps Porzingis at well,
1: this point? Right now, I'm going to have to tell you that Zinger, as they like to call him in New York, is um, dropping 7X plus and three of the last four and mm-hmm. the scoring volume has really stepped up and that's sort of what you uh, need to depend on him so if you i don't know if i really want to roll him in cash even though he has popped up um at a in a, in a really big way in three out of four but I, I would be okay with it i'm definitely interested in gpps for sure because he his like his 7x value is m- mainly tied to him putting up volume scoring along with the double doubles that your uh, bonuses that you're getting on DraftKings. so he has double doubled in three out of four and has actually has let's see here three four five six seven eight double doubles so that's the, mm-hmm. a, a nice bonus part of it uh overall so, um i'm just concerned yeah. about like you know the you know the the shooting <coughs> volume that you have to sort of tie to his overall value but orlando we do know is a team that you can expose um at the at the power forward position there they're um not terrible but they're i think looks like they're about Wait. 14th, you know, 15th middle of the pack uh, there, yeah. so... Um,
2: the other the other interesting thing is um, they've actually been playing him and Melo at the power forward and center spot, like the two of them together, so Porzingis at the center spot, and this is a guy that's pretty athletic, he can step out, and the thing that I like about him uh, that most, A, most young players, and B, most European players don't have, is like, he's got a little bit of swagger in his game, like he'll take the ball and, and put it on a bounce and try to take off and dunk on somebody. Or if there's like a shot that's that's missed and the ball bounces up for a rebound, like he will come flying down the lane and try to jump over somebody and catch it and just like put back dunk on somebody's head. Like he plays with a little bit of an attitude, which is something that I kind of like. Yeah. And you don't normally see that from young players and from the European players. So like I said, I considered him like probably just the rotation guy. Maybe he'll be good a couple of years down the road but like he's he's a legitimate player in the league right now like he he's he can play the kid he's good he's very very good i, I stand corrected i retract all my previous statements about him I, I like him
1: i always thought that he was going to be good i just didn't know if he was going to like shoot a percentage that i was going to like this season like you know i didn't know if he was going to be Allen Iverson that power forward or not that was my concern Okay, so, um, yeah, but aside from that, then, yeah, I, I'm, for, I'm, for, I'm pretty good with, with Porzingis because right now you're still in that value territory. The price hasn't jumped up enough for you to be like, well, i got to consider getting off it, you know? So that's uh, the way I, I'm looking at it overall. Um, I want to get your take quickly here on w- what people should do with somebody uh, at the power forward position here like um, – who am I thinking of? Jermichael Green or yes, Chris Humphrey? That's, that's which one are we talking Green. about? Okay. Green is, I was going to, I didn't want to I was yeah, gonna say Humphrey, Jabari Green for some reason, but yeah.
2: Yeah, Humphrey and Green are the two like cheapest value options that have popped up lately. And the reason for that is you have basically Nene Hilario who's been hurt, which is why Humphrey is somebody who people are looking at. And then you have um, Zach Randolph who's been hurt and Jermichael Green is somebody that you're looking at. Like here's the deal for me: Jamichael Green is a three thousand three thousand three hundred dollar kind of player, yeah. and he's going to get you somewhere between seventeen and twenty one points. Uh-huh. Now, if you're okay with that, I know it is like six x or whatever, yeah. and it's okay. But I just feel like, you feel like dirty. when I take a yeah, like it's it's just not. Sexy enough, like for a tournament, if I'm going to use a guy that's like in the three or four K range, I want him to be able to get me more than six X. Like I want to get seven or eight or have the, you know, upside potential that that he can get me 10. And I just don't see that with Jermichael Green. I mean, you look at the, the numbers he's put up in the games that he's played, you know, 15, 17, 19, 20 which is nice, like I said, it's 6x, it's okay, it keeps you on pace, Mm -hmm. but it's just, it's not sexy, it's not gonna give you that upside that I think is really gonna help you win, and I know we talk about, like, oh, get 5x, get 6x, get 7x, but Mm -hmm. a player that has 20 points that's in your lineup, like, think about it, if you need, like, 300, let's say, to have a Legitimate chance, you need over 300 really to have a legitimate chance to win some of these tournaments on DraftKings. Yeah. If you get 20 out of him, that means that you need the other eight guys that you're using to get you 280 plus points. Which, yeah, it can be done if you have like two or three guys that get you, you know, 60 or 70, but do you really want to rely on multiple guys on your team getting you 60 to get you there? I think you can find like a guy. You know, again, like a guy like we were talking about with like JR Smith when he was in the 4000s or, you know, uh, Jeff Green when he was like 38, 3900. Like those guys could get you 30, 35 points. So they can get you six, seven, eight times X, you know, with, with a much bigger number than the 6X that you can get min price from Jamichael Green at, at 20 overall fantasy points. So to me, I feel a little bit more comfortable. If a guy has a bigger ceiling, like I know that he has a nice six X floor if you really want it, but I would still rather have more upside. I haven't been rolling him out all week. I know people have been talking about him, and people have been kind of happy with getting the 17 to 20 points out of him. But for me, I just, I feel like I need more out of my cheap options.
1: All right. Are were you still in that whole scenario referring to, uh, to Michael green overall, um, um, or, or, or both of those two that we originally mentioned.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think Green and Humphrey, I think, has a little bit more upside than Green does. But I think he's also a little bit more expensive, if I'm not mistaken. Like, Green is a legitimate $3,000 punt. And to me, his ceiling is like 17 points. Humphrey is a little bit closer to 4000 But Humphrey does have a little bit higher ceiling. Like, we've seen Humphrey put up a 20 or 30 or 40-point fantasy game, you know, over the course of the last year and a half or so. Right. So I think he would be somebody that I would rather look at than Jermichael Green if I was going to get somebody cheap. Uh Because if Nene's out, I think that Humphrey playing the extra minutes actually could wind up with a double-double for me. Right. I just don't see Jermichael Green doing that.
1: All right. Well, and by the way, for anybody who owns Nene in season-long leagues, Uh, I don't know why you do. Maybe you're in a deep league or 16, 18, 20 team league or something like that. Your team name actually has to be uh, watch me, watch me, Nene. That's like mandatory. Okay. Um, Tristan Thompson to me is going to be the absolute best value play that we can possibly come up with, with Mozgov out for the next 10 to 14 days. So mm-hmm. you're seeing some monster lines over here. He paid off 8.2 X off of 4,800 with not a huge line overall, 9.16 rebounds, which is pretty big. That part is the five assists in the two blocks. Then he sort of, you know, um, does a cash safe uh, replication of that without the assists with nine points and 14 rebounds going to be in a good matchup again against Luis Scola, uh, slash Patrick Patterson slash whoever they want to roll out their whole entire front line is a mess uh, overall, with the exception of Biombo, um, who's a good a good defender, but also. Um You know what? So is Tristan Thompson. So I'm not really uh, scared of that position overall. I'm going to be getting a a good amount of shares of Tristan Thompson because he presents a great value play. If you're not coming up uh, up top for Brow, or you don't have to roll with the Marcus Cousins, too. To me, I just want to fade because of the back injury. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and then um, you know um, Blake Griffin has a bad matchup against Utah. So I'm just not as excited about some of the top priced options, and I would definitely feel much more comfortable going down to uh, you know what. Would, I guess we're probably going to look at something like the yeah 5K range, 5,300 for the last matchup overall, which is still a, a, a very good cost savings. So uh, that's the way that I'm looking at that. Um, any other guys that we need to mention before we move on from Power Forward?
2: No, I think, I mean, like I said, there's a whole bunch of guys that make sense. There's mm-hmm. a lot of guys that are in play. Mm-hmm. You know, it just kind of depends. You know, I, I think it's a position where I'm probably going to try to fill in the other spots in my roster. Yeah. Because there are so many options there that I like there. that, yeah, yeah I can, mm-hmm. you know, if I have to take this guy over that guy, you know, any of the guys that we mentioned, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to feel bad one way or the other if I have to, you know, take a couple of those guys, whoever I wind up with, I think it's okay.
1: All right, let's close it out the center position here. What do you got for, for the Wednesday slate?
2: You know, it, it's actually kind of tough. Um, tough sledding because there are some guys who I've been riding and who I like that are getting a little bit too expensive for me to play, mm-hmm. and some guys who I've just had a lot of trouble kind of nailing down. And one of those guys is uh, Jaleel Okafor. Yeah, I like the matchup against Boston, just like I like you know Sullinger on the other side against him. I think part of Jaleel Okafor's problem is on defense. When I watched them play the other day, like he is just kind of standing in the middle of the paint. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when they played Al Jefferson, who is a guy who can step out like 10, 12 feet and hit that little short corner jumper, yeah. you know, anytime somebody drove to the basket, Okafor was going to try to get the block or to try to stop the penetration, and they were just kicking it out in the short corner to Al Jefferson, and he was just hitting that little shot right there. I think Jared Selinger has that ability to hit that shot, and we've seen people already put up pretty big numbers against Okafor, so I want to like him there. And we also see that the Celtics force teams to play at a faster pace. Jaleel Okafor is getting all the shot attempts. He has a 30% usage rate for a uh, center, which is pretty much the highest one that I see here by like a good 4 or 5% at the position. So you have a rookie who you're basically running your entire offense through. He's getting a ton of shots. He's putting up a lot of points. And it's not like Jared Sullinger is a great defender on the other side there. So I think you can see a lot of points out of the centers in that game. And I like the price discount that you get on both of those guys, too.
1: All right. Those make sense, a lot of sense to me, so I'm, I'm there with you. I'm going to be taking a look at Greg Monroe if uh, DeMarcus Cousins is out of the lineup because so that's going to match him up against Costa Cufos, which is going to create a great value for him. Um, pays off 5.9x, almost 6x off of a $7,200 t- uh, price tag. I uh, uh, against Detroit, his former team, so it could have been a little bit of a revenge game. But he's been pretty, pretty safe and steady. He did have two um, bumpy performances against Cleveland and, and Washington overall. But um, you know, he, he, overall the uh, production, the ceiling has been. He's been sitting in the thirty-five to forty-point uh, fancy point range on DraftKings pretty consistently. And I'm gonna definitely like him much more against Kufos. Now on the flip side of that as well, Kufos will be a good value option, who's a, a good bet for probably you know, uh upwards of twenty five minutes plus if he gets into the lineup as a starter. They've still been sort of splitting his time and, you know, they'll probably go stretch forward with Rudy Gay and throw Rudy Collie Stein in there, maybe some Quincy AC, But um six point nine X uh when he had to play extended minutes in overtime against uh the Charlotte Hornets, which was only 27 fantasy points, but the price is so cheap, just at 4 k So if for some reason you spent up at other positions and need to go down uh, cheap, Costa Kufos makes some sense for me. Uh, who else can we mention before we uh, head on out of here?
2: I mean, that's that's kind of it. The only other guy that I might think about, uh, Marcus Gasol is somebody who I think will see a lot of minutes in that game against Houston. Mm-hmm. Memphis is kind of paced up there. I do want to mention that I am not on Andre Drummond at all in that matchup against Miami. Yeah. Miami plays slow. Uh, Whiteside is another guy who will fight with him for rebounds, mm-hmm. and it's not that i don't think he can still put up like twenty and ten or you know eighteen and and fifteen or something like that, yeah. but you're basically paying ten k for Andre Drummond right now, right. so you need him to put up sixty fantasy points fifty five fantasy points in order for you to really feel good about using him at this price and I don't think that I'm looking at a fifty five point game in a in a slow down kind of game against him where He doesn't have an easy matchup. So he is not somebody who I'm going to be on. You know, I know we usually tell you guys who we definitely think you should be playing, but... For me, this is a guy who I think you should be fading on uh, on Wednesday night.
1: Yeah, for me, I'm gonna actually probably d- sit with you here. I'm gonna be sitting there right in the Jared Sullinger range, the Jill Okafor range, because you're you don't have to spend a ton. Um, I'm I'm okay with Al Jefferson in the GPP against Gortat, but um, for for my money, I would much rather just you know target one of the two other options and, and get a cost savings, or go with Kufis all the way down so I can get some beast options um, over at you know other positions, point guard. Are you know and shooting guard among my top options for this week. So um, everybody else is sort of in a in a top uh, tough matchup overall, or a little bit too priced up because you know we have Utah facing DeAndre Jordan you know and Gobert hasn't producing one of Whiteside and Drummond against each other those guys one of the two it's going to be tough and you've got Carl Anthony Towns against you know Horford in Atlanta so uh, and his price has been rising with his production too so it's just a lot tougher to make it make a case but I do like Marcus Sowell especially if Dwight Howard um, you know is, is a guy who ends up sitting for whatever reason and Vucevic by the way is a, is a complete fade for me until he gets his health together and sort of produces at the level that we've known him to, to do in the past his game logs have looked terrible so Mm So there you have that. And that's going to wrap it up for the Rotowire DFS podcast for the Wednesday edition. Thanks for listening. Don't forget you can check us out on iTunes and Stitcher. Stitcher. Uh, Be sure to give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe if you can. You can follow Benny on Twitter at BennyR11 and me at JoshHayesFS. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time.